the number one Costa Rica real estate and investment podcast, bringing you experts from all over Costa Rica. Good morning and welcome to episode 108 of Costa Rica Real Estate and Investments with me, your host, Richard Beckson. Um, I think this past week has probably been the week where we've had the most people reach out to us uh, from you guys. Some of you guys just letting us know how much you enjoyed your podcast, a few of you asking some questions, and also uh, a few of you just wanting to um, see how you could potentially work with us. I mean, uh, I think that probably a lot of you already know uh, we do consulting when it comes to investing in Costa Rica, everything from finding land, you know, holding your hand through the whole process of building a home, building hotels, finding larger bits of land. There's not much that we don't do here. Uh, if we don't know how to do it, uh, we'll refer you across to somebody that does. Um, but we're really here to help you kind of make the right move when it comes to investing in Costa Rica uh, and really understanding the landscape and what real returns can be. Uh, and I say that real returns uh, just because sometimes when you speak to people here, they can be inflated. So we actually use data that we have um, already available out there from the ICT, which is the Costa Rica Tourism Board here, uh, as well as other sources, as well as our own sources, uh, you know, basically working in Costa Rica's largest luxury travel company uh, here in Costa Rica. Um, so, you know, we kind of bring tourism and real estate together. But enough about what it is that we do. If anyone does want to contact us, they can info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. But today we're going to be talking with Andreas Murillo. He heads up the Guanacaste office uh, for two Costa Rica real estate. If you guys remember, we've actually had Scott and Todd on uh, and also Dina uh, from two Costa Rica real estate. But he's based up there. Uh, he does the areas of Playa Grande, Tamarindo, Negras, Avianas, plus many other Guanacaste beach towns. So it's going to be interesting, you know, kind of chatting with him because he's a local from up there. He's Tico, loves to surf. Um, you know, and uh, I, you know, if, I think if you've seen anything in this country where there's great surf breaks, you know, usually it means uh, it's a great place to make an investment. Um, I'm not too sure why that is, whether people actually like to see, you know, uh, I would say fit men and women walking around with surfboards uh, or they just like to watch it. Um, but surf beaches here in Costa Rica do exceedingly well uh, as an investment. Uh, and you guys all know how hot I've been on Grande, Negras and Avianas. So I thought we'd get Andreas on to chat about that. Remember, if you have any questions for Andreas, all of his contact details will be in the description. You can also reach out to us, info at investingcostarica.com. That's info at investingcostarica.com. But let's get straight into the podcast. Andreas, good morning. How are you doing? Thank you. I'm doing great. How about you? Very, very good. Very, very good. I really appreciate you uh, taking time out of what I know is a very, very busy schedule that you have running all over Northern Guanacaste here to chat with us here on the podcast. No, thank you. I appreciate the time and I'm really thankful for being participating in the podcast. No, I, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to get your viewpoint. Again, you work in real estate, but you're also Tico as well and also a surfer. So I think it's really going to be interesting to kind of get your viewpoint of what's happening, you know, especially in those northern Guanacaste areas from Junquial all the way up to, I suppose, Papagayo areas as well. So correct. Correct. Awesome. Yeah, well, um, you know, it, it has been very interesting um, and it's a very common question that we've been getting if the market has slow down, if it's sinking, what's happening. Some people is a yep. little more extremist and thinking, oh, it's going to sink, it's going to go down. Well, it's a, it's a completely different situation. Yes, we have definitely seen a subtle drop on prices as we transition from like an 18 plus month run of unique seller's market to a more balanced market. Um, so, and we will continue to experiment that. Um, on the other hand, we have the really luxury. And when I say luxury, is the real luxury residential market 
very interestingly, they have set records during what is more traditionally slow season than encompasses August, September, and October for the top communities as Peninsula Papagayo. Um, they have had in the last two months, you know, huge volumes and transaction sales, um, which which have reached to historical heights. So again, that's a whole different world. But you know, we're we're really we're really comfortable um, that demand continues to be strong, and thankfully here in the in the two CR office, uh, we're still been getting closings every week. Potential buyers looking at property every day. And yep. we predict that with the upcoming high season, the U.S. and Canadian-based investment will remain strong while prices start to balance out. So it's yeah. gonna, I wouldn't say it's gonna become fully a buyer's market, but I think it's definitely gonna be a starting to to balance out the prices to what you they know what. Waiting. You know what? I think that there's a viewpoint there. You know, I've heard a couple of different perspectives there, which is like, look, we're in kind of our bowels of low season here, which you know, September, October is quite a bit of you know, time of month. So everybody's been used to this high, this frenzy of buying. And now it's slowed down because again, kids are going back to school. Everyone's preparing for winter. They're looking at Christmas. So we typically see that slow down. So I wonder how many sellers are just getting a little nervous, which is bringing a little bit more flexibility. But I can tell you is I've negotiated a couple of deals over the past like 60 days and the seller is still in control. You know, there was no flexibility in the price because, but maybe it's because what they were buying was very good. It was a very good asset, very good land. So there really wasn't that much flexibility in the pricing. Sure. Um, I think it depends to, it really depends on each case um, yep. and how, how much offer there is in certain communities. Um, for example, we are really strong in Hacienda Pinilla. Um, and, um, you know, in there, there's a lot of competition in certain prices. So as you become a little bit more flexible, you're going to, you have higher chance of selling quicker. Um, yep. and yes, there's definitely because, you know, it, you know, interest rates and everything that the media is talking about in the States, of course, some sellers, they get a little bit scared about what's going to happen, but I'm pretty confident that it's just a mix between, yeah, it's a little bit, it's slowing down a little bit. I would say, I wouldn't say it's a, again, it's nothing insane happening. Um, or a huge market crash that we had in 08. Um, but definitely is it's combining with the low season. And, you know, historically speaking, we all know this. Yep. We call it the green season, September, October, and probably part of November is our slowest time of the year, less people in town. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, but I wouldn't say we're pretty confident things are going to remain pretty, yeah. pretty good for the market. I wish it would slow down for me. I tell you, it just seems to be I'm all over the place. I was in Guanacaste on Saturday. I got to go down to the Southern zone this, this, you know, this week. So uh, yeah, it's all yeah. over the place, you know, but I mean, what beach towns in Costa Rica Andreas, do you like and that you would personally invest in and why? Um, well, I, I, you know, I work market that span from Junquillal Negra all the way to Flamingo. I've done a couple of sales up in the peninsula as but, well. But let's talk about you, like you as a tico, like where do you like in, in Northern Guanacaste? Well, I'll tell you what, my major attraction is surfing, beautiful beaches, and I'm a nature lover. So, you know, it has to combine those three, you know, in a way. To me, places to invest right now, definitely say Playa Grande. I really like Playa Grande. It's one of the most consistent beach breaks in the area. Everything that is built, being built right now is within a walking distance. I absolutely love um, Playa Avellanas and Playa Negra. So 
now Playa ne I'm sorry, Playa Avellanas with the water coming in, there has been an increase on investment in there. I actually just purchased land in there myself. Good for you. Um, yeah, thank you. And also in Neira, I'm purchasing a lot right now as we speak. But, you know, th those are the areas of my interest and where, where I see the future is coming. Avellanas is one of the most visited beaches and most beautiful beaches in the area. And people just love it because the easy surf and the food you have and Lolas and all of this, you know, that whole bridge people take love taking photos in that bridge in the mangrove so you know it has a really good setup so i would say probably stay within you know those for me playa grande avellanas hacienda pinilla is a great spot uh playa negra i absolutely love um so that those are probably myself that's where i'm and not recommending only that's where i'm putting my money in my sure. i'm doing my own investments in there but would you say what I mean, how long an investment are you making, Andreas? There? Because I mean, there's a difference between a five and a 20 year investment. You know, a five year is kind of, you know, you could be looking maybe at Grande, a 20 year, you could be looking at Negra Junquial. I mean, what's your I mean, where would you be investing for five years and where okay. would you, and you'd be investing for 20 years? Well, definitely in the next five years, I'll on a short term, I'll say Avellanas, Hacienda Pinilla, Playa Grande. Tamarindo, of course, which is like the hub of all the action here. And yep. then I'll say Flamingo and Potrero. Uh, Flamingo and Potrero, just because of the marina, you know, everybody knows there's a huge investment that came in with the marina. They were budgeting for 30 million. They That scaled up to 50 million. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a huge investment happening there. Um, again, Grande because of the surf, because I know what's being developed in there is going to bring the yep. value really high up. And definitely Avellanas. Um, I've been selling some property in Avellanas, Negra area, and what people is building is really nice. Um, it's more residential again, um, which is super cool in my opinion. I, I honestly, you know, I understand there's all, all type of, you know, likes and dislikes. I honestly don't like that much higher buildings, um, yep. which is something that makes a difference in these towns like like Negra, Avellanas, and Playa Grande. So I would say probably in, in five years there, um, if I was thinking more of a long term, probably Negra is gonna is gonna develop a little bit slower. Definitely Marbella, surrounding areas of like Garza, which is close to Nosara, and uh, definitely like that Coyote area down there on the south, closer to like Santa Teresa, also even Manzanillo, because already Santa Teresa has developed pretty well. Um, Hermosa is developing really nicely, and you know the next beach to them Just is setting north. Exactly. So, you know, it's, I think that area over there is pretty interesting. Well, it's funny, though, that it hasn't gone over the hill that much to like Kabuya. I mean, it has a little bit delicious Kabuya. I mean, it's a little bit in Montezuma, but it's really headed yeah. north, right? Yeah, it's very interesting. Actually, I don't know why, but they discovered like all these, you know, again, I, I also probably is the beauty of the beaches. Yeah. Um, you know how like Santa Teresa is really beautiful. And then you have Playa Hermosa, which is um, stunning. Um, and then they start going up the hills in Playa Hermosa. And now, I don't know. Yeah, it's very interesting. They're moving north, not not to Cabullal and Malpais. You're right. I think it maybe might be water. You know, water, Malpais, bad land is called Malpais because it doesn't have water. You know, Cabullo, yeah. I've worked on a few projects over there where we had some issues getting water up in the mountains. Yeah. You know, so it's amazing how water infrastructure really determines here. You know, and I say this to a lot of people. I'm like, water infrastructure is everything. You can get electricity. You can't get water always. Correct. And, and you know, again, it's a matter of infrastructure because, um, you know, for all this area, for example, now that completely changed Avellanas. 
Chavellanas yep. was a very dormant town. Now it became, you know, there's a lot of people investing in there and doing really nice stuff because what happened is they connected Avellanas to the Asada. Paraíso. Yeah, Paraíso. Paraíso. Paraíso yeah. is a huge water table. You know, I think yep. the valley is beautiful and, you know, they have enough water to provide for the whole area. So that's what they did. But, you know, it takes, it's it's a little bit of bureaucracy, I'll say, and also a little bit of, um, you know, it, money infrastructure. I know they're working on this huge investment on bringing water from a town called Nimbo Llores up north from here. And they're going to provide water for Tamarindo, Langosta, like all this area in here as well. Playa yeah. Grande is included. So, yeah, that's, it's slowly going. But, yeah. Andres, where do you believe the gap in the market is at the moment? I mean, okay. like... You know, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of stuff is happening here, but there is also, you know, I mean, I was at a, I was at a round table the other day with some big developers here in Costa Rica. And I'm just like, look guys, like long-term rentals for staff, you know, hotel managers, people working in hotels, people coming for the city, like it's severely lacking. But I mean, yeah. where do you believe the gap in the market is at the moment? Well, definitely what you just mentioned is huge. Um, there is a huge demand, huge demand for, you know, young professionals who don't have a place where to live. Yeah, um, there's definitely a gap in that market. If you wanna, you know, it's a little bit complicated because, of course, then you don't you don't have any limitation in terms of short term rentals. So most people rather do short term, which gives you a higher return. But there's definitely a way to do it, and uh, there's a huge demand for that. So you know. You know, small families or single people are moving to the area, young professionals who need a place to live. And there's a huge, huge hole in the market for that. Then also say in terms from an investment standpoint, if you were to be, you know, building spec homes, I'll say there's definitely a huge gap between how nice houses between and newer houses between like 350, 300,000 to 750 around yeah. there, because that, that's exactly what the market was doing before COVID. The, those were the, the prices, but then it became a seller's market and everything, you know, prices doubled. Yeah. So, you know, it, there's a there's a gap in there, um, you know, needing, you know, waiting to be filled. I, I think the real, you know, because I've done a lot of analysis on that, that it's you have to get the land at the same price, at a really good price, because your cost of build is the same anywhere, like anywhere in Costa Rica. I mean, there's minor fluctuations in pricing, of course, Guanacaste being a little bit more expensive, but like your cost per square foot does not change that much throughout the country, but it's the price that you get the land at, which really yes. determines your, you know, your profitability. Yeah, yes. And also, yeah, definitely getting the land at a good price is going to allow you to, you know, build at a lower cost. And, you know, or have a lower investment. But yes, we have been seeing that's where the other problem is in, in that market, in that gap, because yes, with the pandemic and the lack of, of um, you know, some materials and iron going up and, you know, construction, it, it went yeah. up. Um, I'm, I'm currently finishing up one of my houses. And from what I was, you know, what I was targeting to get in that in that budget, it went probably a 15% higher from what I was expecting. Um, that happens with construction, but at the same time, yes, there has been. So that makes it a little bit more complicated. Um, I am currently working on one of the properties that I just purchased. Um, it's it's 100% an investment property. And um, we managed to get a, a it's one of those rare deals where you get a good price in yep. our market. We're aiming to be under 800, like more like around 750 
at a short walking distance to the beach. So it's going to be like a really nice, that's, that's the market I think I want to, I want to get. And it's definitely a huge lack in that. Yeah. I actually, you know, consult for a big construction company here in Costa Rica. I just give them some of my time. He's a friend of mine that owns it and he asked me for his help, but I always do it because it gives me an idea of kind of like the front side of construction. So uh -huh. their rebar is actually uh, starting to drop a little bit. So they see that in the next six months, rebar is going to continue the, the steel, but they believe that the actual concrete and the blocks are actually going to rise a little bit. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that you always need, you know, because we were, um, we're managing a couple of constructions at the moment where it's like, they're a fixed price and then there's cost plus, of course, you know, sure. it's which one's better to go with. And it's like, well, like, that's not a decision we can make. Like, we think it's going to do this, but like, you have no idea. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. you're 100%, you know, that's right. It's so hard to predict. And there's always this, this little risk in there. That's why you always need to add that that 10% extra just for yep. unforeseen um, things that could happen. But yeah, there's definitely, it's hard to predict this. It's, it's complicated, but you know, it's, it's, it's just what it is, you know? Yeah. I mean, Hey, no risk, no return, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, I agree with that. Andreas, what returns do you tell clients that people can achieve on a vacation rental here? Because a lot of people make an investment here as like, I'm going to come down, maybe use it a week or two, but I want to use it as a vacation rental. I mean, sure. and I'm sure the question is, it's like, how much, what percent can I look at getting on my, you know, vacation rentals? So okay. What do you typically tell people? Well, what I tell is it all depends on how and way, how and where the owners market their properties, how they do it, who they hire, they run it. Typically, um, as an owner, and I myself, I also own vacation rental properties, and I handle my vacation rental properties myself. So, of course, I'm on it. It's my property. And, you know, typically, if, as invested as the owner is in the rental, the, you know, the high return you're going to get, also, it really depends on how much they want to use the property, right? Yeah. That's another exact and when that's the that's the key. Because I've seen you know returns all the way from like uh probably four percent, five percent to ten plus, depending yep. on the property, the price they got it for, you know, how much they rented, if they managed to hit that sweet spot where you're getting the rentals and you're you know it's really good. Um also, there's people who I know for a fact that if you rent, there's three or four really high weeks, what we call peak season, which is last week of the year, first week of the year, Semana Santa, Eastern week, which is huge for Costa Ricans. And then in some cases, um, Thanksgiving. Um, so normally with those three, four peak seasons or, or, or peak weeks, you are covered for your for your running cost, you know, saying you're going to break even paying HOA fees, um, water and electricity bills, property manager, if you have a property manager. Um, so I'll say, but interesting love is when people want to visit. So some owners are not willing to give up their, you know, Christmas, um, you know, New Year's week, but that's where you're going to, you can actually almost triple your prices. So, you know, it all, it also depends on what and how they operate it. I think every owner is very unique. Also, you got to create that uniqueness on the property, depending on what you buy again, because there's a huge offer of two bedroom condos in Tamarindo, for example. So if you're looking for like a really high return, you're going to be competing with a lot of people. So you need to stand out. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's, many different factors that are going to come into play um, 
in in you know when, when it comes to a return but i'll say any you know you can expect five or six percent on a regular property for example in hacienda pinilla houses with five bedrooms nicely decorated with enough spaces you can be looking to get a year between 120 to 150 i've seen up to 170 thousand dollars in bookings a year um you know so again what then comes the expenses, which I'll say is probably like around a 50%. Um, but you get to pocket, you know, $60,000, oh, $70,000, you know, so. Yeah, but you, you, I think it's also the property management company, right? Because right. they're also going to want to take 20, 25% of your revenue. Yes, definitely. But, so that's the thing. I mean, you got to hire the right, you know, the right property management company who knows what they're doing. Also that they're very invested in the company where they are, you know, now we have, um, you know, you can smartly change your prices depending on what the demand is yep. um, or the offer is. So, you know, that comes to play how how involved they are in the pricing. Um, and, and yeah, definitely think about that. It's 20% what they're keeping. That's pretty standard. Um, well, up to 25%. So that's going to eat from your, from your profit yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know, you know, I know Vacasa usually charges 25 to 30, but no fixed fee. Other property management companies charge a fixed fee plus take 20 to 25%, you know, different models, you know, and I think that the owner needs to understand if like it needs to be a good fit based on their goals with the property management company, because there are companies that will sell the headlights out of it like Vacasa, but then there are other companies that would like take really good care of the property, the maintenance, you know, but maybe might not sell it as much. Yes. I honestly, um, I'm a bigger fan of property management companies that they take a niche because they, they tend to do the better job, um, in my experience, right? There's, yep. you know, for example, there's a certain company in Reserva Conchal. They only specialize in Reserva Conchal and they do an amazing job. Same thing for Hacienda Pinilla. Are you um, talking I, me Melissa, the OCC, or am I going to cast it? Uh, I actually like to work a lot with um, Conchal, Conchal, rentals or yep. you know that's the name of the company uh gabriel Araya and his wife they own it yep. um so that that's them but then for example in hacienda pinilla i love how joel from vida pinilla works yep. and we worked we've been to get working together for many years and i know for a fact you know he's he's really on it he has a really good team so again that that's my go-to companies when i have to recommend somebody um yeah. i feel like larger companies yeah they have a larger you know, probably have, you know, a larger market in terms of sales, but at the same time, they need to spread their sales through the whole country and through the yeah. whole developments in all the areas. So it, it gets a little more, you know, I, I'll it's like, a, way. like a property matches the buyer. I think a property management company also needs to match the owner, depending on their goals. Yes. Correct. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That will be the first thing, the first thing to know. Do I want to use it a lot? Do I'm willing to give up. This is a hundred percent an investment property. So it's going to play a huge role in terms of, um, exactly. And what's going to, what's going to your property, how it's going to perform in terms of return on investment. Andreas, let's just jump back at Playa Grande. And I always say to people, I'm biased towards Playa Grande because I think it's beautiful. Uh, you know, if there was a beach to live in in Costa Rica, I would live in Playa Grande. I've had a lot of people, you know, we're building five homes, four or five homes. I keep losing count and we just keep getting more there that we project manage. But Grande Salvaje, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. That's, uh, you know, a project that I've, you know, that, that I've seen kind of grow up. It's there in Grande, in Playa Grande Estates. 
Uh, yes. I mean, tell us a little bit about it, just because I know it's something that's dear to your heart. And also, I think it's going to be, you know, I mean, they're probably the most luxurious houses down by the beach in, in, in Playa Grande, no? Yes, 100%. I mean, to to be honest, um, I'm I'm really proud of, of being representing a development like Playa Grande Salvaje. Um, you know, it's being built as we speak. Um, it's a family business. It was really interesting what they did because they managed to get... Um, a cul-de-sac you can call the whole yep. whole street so they managed to buy actually 10 lots where they basically control the street and interesting enough the other three neighbors that are, are in that street and they don't belong to grande salvaje they're building really similar housing in terms of style and quality of construction and so and they all agreed to put a to you know they created these sort of hoa fee that covers for a secure entrance it covers for little garden maintenance and you know so it's gonna be definitely the most and definitely the safest community in the whole player grande section um just because of those very interesting very special um you know factors that they managed to control um and then i'm really proud of it because you know they it, it's basically how development the direction that development should be having if you're responsible with humankind and nature at the same time. Um, they they were very careful in in who they chose as their architect, um, which is the architect for this is Juan Robles. Um, he's a very well-known Costa Rican architect and they're, he's very specialized in bioclimatic architecture. And that's exactly what they did. They focused on being able to, you know, maximize or actually minimize the AC consumption by properly studying you know, what the sun is doing in the different yep. times of the year, what parts are being more exposed to the sun. They did a really thorough, um, you know, I would say, a, you know, due diligence in terms of understanding what the nature is doing around you. Um, they were also really smart in in doing low waste during the construction. So all the cinder block they bought is completely modular, meaning there is almost close to zero waste. I mean, there's a little bit of waste, something can break, you know, you know how it is. But you know, they have, the way they did it is minimizing waste, um, respecting nature. So they, they, they're they very respectful of the trees they have around. So they actually partnered up with a, with a company who provides that type of services, who understands what the trees are, how you need to cut them, when to cut them in order not to kill them. And you can actually combine that with, your house at the same time um so going around nature not destroying it and then putting your house on top of it and um you know they also um one of the one of the brothers who own the the company they also own a company called green energy solutions and um, they're huge on solar panels so all the houses they were properly uh, built to be completely off grid if that's what you're looking for or be hybrid, where you can have a battery that supplies electricity for some parts of the house and you're connected to the grid, a, a part of it. So it's it's very interesting um, what they have been doing. And I'm really proud because, you know, they taking in consideration every single thing and they're not cutting any corners. They're building at the higher standards. Um, so definitely it's it's probably one of my favorite developments I've seen around in, in a while, and especially in Playa Grande, which is a marine national park. And you got to be very respect respectful of the nature in there because of the turtles and everything that goes around with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, 
prices start there from what, Andreas? Because I'm sure a lot of people were just like, okay, and how much does it cost? Well, so right now the prices start on one one million ninety five thousand dollars. Yep. Um, there's there's a few of them already sold. There's four of them already sold. Um, I actually had a very interested client last week, and I think we're gonna get to the fifth. But we'll see how that's about awesome. that. I'm sorry. I said that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. No. Thank you. Um. So definitely yes. So it, it, that's the starting point, of course. Um. As the sales go, the price is gonna start going up because it's a very small community, and there's two things we gotta bring value to the people who bought first. Yep. And second of all, is because the last lots actually looking at the park actually touching the park so you know you won't have any construction being built in there um and something really cool that they're doing is at the very front of the development they also own the property that touches the main main road and yep. uh they're gonna be building like a mix of commercial on the bottom and apartments on the top which is gonna be really cool what they're doing fantastic yeah i mean it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting i mean i can't wait to see it all finished because i think it's going to be you know, beyond, I would say, Las Ventanas, which, you know, is, is set further back, I think closer to the ocean, it's going to be one of, you know, the most luxurious, you know, communities probably on, on that coast. So it's going to be interesting yes. to see how that finishes. But Yeah, definitely, definitely. Andreas, my last question for you, uh, as I've taken up enough of your time. I mean, if you inherited $500,000 and had to invest it in business or a real estate in Costa Rica, what would you invest it in and why? Well, definitely to me, and based on I've I've been doing I've been doing real estate for the last eleven years since I'm twenty two, um, you know, selling property. So I would say definitely real estate, and the reason is because I mean I've been so close to it and I understand, um, you know how the market works. So I'll be very careful in selecting the right property, the right property, and actually reach the to the market at the precise moment. So definitely, I like I like. What I like about real estate, and I say this because I've had, you know, businesses as well, and I have nothing against it. But, you know, when you have a hotel business, for example, which is something that I had, um, you know, you have so many, so you know, a lot of moving parts coming in. Like, yep. first of all, the clients, then each room has their own AC. So that means each room has AC maintenance. And, you know, there's so many moving parts. Real estate to me, in terms of, of flipping houses, I think it's a great business because it allows you to have a higher return really fast. Um, if you do it properly, again, going back to what we we're speaking at the beginning, selecting the right property, you know, choosing wisely in terms of price, knowing how to negotiate, you know, and you know all, all of that. But also, something that became really good to me um, is passive income. It's been really good to me in terms of I own a couple of rental properties, like I said at the beginning, and um, you know, again, I was very involved in the construction, so that helped me bring in the cost a little bit lower. And that I managed my own reservation booking process um, with a crew that I hear for cleaning, for maintenance and all of that. So to me, those two have been really, really good to me. Um, and I highly recommend people doing both. Um, there's a huge demand for vacation rental properties in the area, um, especially if you focus on building some, going, going a little bit extra and building something that stands out from the rest. Yep. Um, or actually trying to hit a target, um, you know, uh, something that nobody has hit, for example, in this, in my case is couples. Um, my two rentals are just hundred percent couples romantic. And it's, it's been a, it's been, it's been quite a, quite a really good, 
uh, lucrative market to hit. So it, it's it's very interesting. Um, but yeah, I'll probably say real estate is is my go-to choice, um, either for having as an investment in terms of of short-term rentals, even long-term rentals, um, or just flipping even lots. I've flipped lots in the past, and it's, it turned out really good. It's yeah. just a matter of timing. Um, in case of in case of you know people who are not Costa Rican or people who are not used to the marketing Costa Rica is trusting your real estate agent in this case. And, you know, when they tell you this is the property that we're looking for, we can flip it this fast into this time, you know, that you got to trust that because, you know, this is people who know what they're doing. And like me, I, I get to find this very special, which they're very rare, but, you know, sometimes you get to find these specific properties and you're like, okay, this is a winner. I need to take it. And, you know, either to just hold to hold on to it, resell it right away or just build a vacation, you know, a spec home and resell it. Um, you know, that's probably my favorite part of, of the real estate market. I agree. I agree. Well, Andreas, yeah. this has been great. Uh, it's been very, very useful. I'm sure that the people listening to this are, are very thankful for you giving us all this information. Uh, anyone that wants to contact Andreas, I'll put all his contact details in the description. And Andreas, thank you very much for your time, sir. Well, thank you. I appreciate the time. I hope um, this is of a lot of help to a lot of the listeners here. And of course, I'm I'm at the service of anyone who wants to reach out to me and I'll be more than happy to help out as much as I can. Cool, man. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I hope you enjoyed that podcast there with Andres Murillo from Two Costa Rica Real Estate. As you can see, um, you know, he's a surfer. Uh, and if there's anything, you know, that I can say about surfers is they usually try and they usually find the next breaks and usually where the next breaks are is where the good investment is. I mean, I think you saw kind of maybe two years ago, I was, you know, chirping on about Negra, uh, Avianas and Grande, um, you know, and that is starting to happen, you know, and people keep asking me, okay, well, Rich, what's next after that? And I was just like, well, I'd let Negra, Avianas and Playa Grande develop a little bit, but it's going to go further south than that, you know, towards Junquial, Marbella area. Uh, and there were also some, you know, beaches north of Playa Grande um, and uh, also uh, Ventanas there, you know, further around north where they don't have, you know, asphalt roads yet. But there are also some beautiful lots back there. So uh, remember, guys, if anybody needs any help uh, or just wants to chat, you can do info at investingcostarica.com. That's investing, I-N-G at the end, costarica.com. Uh, or you can just type my name, Richard Beckson, into Google, and I'm sure it'll come up there and you can find a way to contact me. But I really appreciate everyone's uh, support uh, on the podcast. Um, and if you've liked it, please give a thumbs up, five-star review. Uh, and until the next one, guys, we'll see you later. Bye. The number one Costa Rica real estate and investment podcast, bringing you experts from all over Costa Rica.